Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. What happens when God gives you a financial blessing? What do you do? Do you take the motto of the culture? Indulge yourself? It's mine? Or do you recognize that God has lent you these things temporarily? The parable calls us to use wealth to gain the future rather than allowing money to be a reason that one loses it. And people can lose the present. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and Who do you see as the primary owner of your finances? Do you believe that the money you have is only a blessing from God? Today, Pastor Ed challenges believers to be careful in their mindset and management of money. Scripture states that you cannot serve both God and money. Jesus, during His time on earth, was a big advocate for giving to those in need and not storing up money for yourself. If the Lord looked at your bank account today, would He be pleased with the stewardship of His resources? Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Stewardship. I'm going to preach on a difficult subject, subject that generally people don't like to hear, but the subject of money. In Luke's gospel, there's so much about money. You can really tell more about a person's spirituality by looking at their checkbook than by looking at what they say, because what we do tells more about who we are than merely what we profess. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 16. As I prepared for the sermon, I read it in various translations. And the NIV, as as well as other translations, makes it sound almost like a puzzle. What in the world is Jesus saying? Is he commending dishonest people? That's not what he's saying at all. What Jesus is saying in this passage of scripture is you need to be wise when it comes to how you use your money for the kingdom and how you use all of your resources, not just money, but all of your resources. Luke chapter 16 Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do, so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. 
So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 400. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? Thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill, make it 800. The master commanded the dishonest or commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in their dealing with their own kind than are the people of light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves. So when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. That's the key verse that unlocks this whole passage of scripture. Let me read it again. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot underline that you cannot serve both God and money the Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus he said to them you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men but God knows your hearts What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. What a strong word. What a necessary word for us. Jesus taught a good lesson from a bad example. A good lesson from a bad example. That's what happened in this text. I heard about or read something about three contractors who were on tour of the White House. As they were taken through the White House, the tour guide happened to take them to the back and said, you know, you're all contractors. Uh, We need a portion of the back fence repaired. And so one contractor is from Florida. He goes up. And he said, I'll bid on it. And they all said, we'll bid on it. So the contractor from Florida goes up and he measures the fence. He takes out his measuring ruler. He thinks, he comes back and he says, listen, I can do that for about $1,199. He said, how's that? He said, well, it's about $400 worth of supplies, $600 worth of labor, And $199 profit for me. Well, the other contractor, 
The contractor was from Missouri. He went over and he measured everything carefully, took out his pad and took out his pencil and began writing and calculating and figuring it all out. He says, I could do better. I could do it for $900. $900? He said, yeah, what I need is about $400 for the labor, $400 for the material, and a $100 profit. That'll be fine for me. Then there was another contractor from New York. And that contractor said, I can do it for $2,900. And the tour guy said, you, you gotta be kidding me. You didn't even look at it. He said, how did you come up with that? He said, it's easy. $1,000 profit for me, 1,000 for you, and we'll hire the guy from Missouri. <laughs> Some people are really shrewd. I heard a funny story about an accountant, two accountants, they were in a bank during a robbery. And uh, the robbers came in and they uh, started taking money from behind the cash registers and then they noticed all the people lined up there and so they said, line up. And one of the robbers, the thieves, began to go through and he was going to take watches and gold and valuables and money. And so the two accountants were standing behind each other and the one accountant went into his pocket and he slipped and gave his friend a $100 bill. He said, what's this for? He said, I just want to give you the $100 I owe you. <laughs> Picture with me this man who gets the pink slip. He hasn't been doing his job, so he gets on the phone. Hi, uh, this is John here. Uh, I just want you to know that um, uh, I was reviewing the bills and I think your bill was a little too high. Uh, what's the record say? Oh, you, you owe us quite a bit for that oil over here. Let me look at the account. Uh, the account says here uh, that you owe us exactly um, 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. Yes, that's, that's my bill. He said, listen, why don't we slash it down to 400? 400, you've been a great customer. I mean, we've appreciated your business over all these years, and I'll change it here on my records, and you change it on your records. Hey, sure, listen, we'd love to have you over for dinner sometime. Yeah, 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 sometime we'll work on that. Calls up the next person. You know, I heard here that you have a high bill in wheat, and I know things are difficult. There's a 1,000 bushels of wheat that you owe us. And so, uh, how are things going? I, oh, yeah, they, I know they're tough. Uh, well, how about this? Listen, I'm going to give you a 20% discount here. Let's make it 800 bushels of wheat. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, no, this is legit, yeah, that, that, that's, that's all right. Yeah, I know you appreciate me. Yeah, I know that, okay. And listen, we'll be in touch, all right. And on and on and on and on it goes. Here's this man who was a steward. His responsibility was to invest his master's resources wisely and carefully and do the best possible job he could. Then he hears, the master hears that it's being allocated wrongfully. 
And so he calls him to give an account. Now he gives him a pink slip and he says, get the books in order. So in this window of time, he begins to try and build relationships so that when he's out of the job, he has people to receive him. Now the amounts mentioned in the parable here are large amounts. Uh, The oil could have been five or six years. The... uh, or longer than that, commentaries differ, uh, of an average man's wages. So it's likely that Jesus was referring to some master who rented out land, and the land was used for produce, to produce uh, wheat, to produce olive trees or olive oil. And so he was giving an account, and he was calling in the bills, but what he was doing, the manager was slashing the prices to build a relationship with those people that one day would receive him. In the story, he's commended. He's commended. Why in the world is he commended? Well, I want you, first of all, to think about the role of a steward. The role of a steward. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, And each one has received a gift, Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. God has given you gifts. Some can sing, some can write, some can manage, some can witness, some can give financially, but we all have different gifts. But those gifts are given to us by God. The role of a steward is to recognize what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to manage what God has given him. Everything we have is from God. And that's what Jesus wants us to see in this parable. Now, he's not commended for the way he managed things. Not at all. That's not the commendation that he's receiving because he didn't manage well. But in 1 Chronicles 29, 14... It says this, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We must remember everything we have belongs to God. Literally, it does. Everything. David recognized that God gave him the wealth that he had. God gave him the possessions that he has. Your money in the piggy bank or in the IRA. Your equity in the house or the stocks you may own. All are a gift from God. The talents that you have, the abilities, the skills, the business that you have, it's all, well, it's all God's. Wayne Watts wrote a book about giving, and in his book, he talked about a man who one day woke up rich. He had investments in oil stock, and they hit a gusher, and literally he doubled in wealth in a matter of a day. And uh, a Christian asked him, what is it like to suddenly have all of your assets changed and everything? And this was this man's response, this Christian man. My assets haven't changed. I didn't own the, 
first money, so I own the same amount now as before, which is zero. I feel added responsibility to God to manage this asset well. God gave you everything that you have. The fact that you're living in this land, the fact that you're working at the job that you're working at, the fact the skill that you have to earn the living that you have, everything is a gift from God. How do we use it? Possessions are a responsibility. Their use is a test of character, values, and stewardship. Sometimes parents will test children. They'll leave money around the house and see what they do. What happens when you go in the store and they give you too much change? What happens when God gives you a financial blessing? What do you do? Do you take the motto of the culture? Indulge yourself? It's mine? Or do you recognize that God has lent you these things temporarily? The parable calls us to use wealth to gain the future rather than allowing money to be a reason that one loses it. And people can lose the present and lose the future because they take the things of this world and they make it into an idol and they begin to worship it. God calls us Not to a life of self-indulgence, but to a life of good stewardship. The role of the steward is simply to remember everything he has is a gift from God. Secondly, he has to remember something else as he thinks about this role. We must remember we'll give an account to God. In Luke 16.2, it reads, And he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you cannot, you can no longer be steward. One day, God's going to open the books. He's going to look at our stewardship. And he's going to evaluate things. How did you use this gift that I've given you? How did you use the resources that I've allotted to you? We have to ask ourselves again and again, Lord, how am I living? Am I living in a way that's pleasing to you? Self-examination is important as Christians, where we examine our heart, examine our lives, search our hearts, and we go before God and we say, Lord, am I using what you've given in the right way? In Romans 14, 12, it says this. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Think about that. Every single person in this room, every single person in the sound of my voice, we will give a personal account to God. A good thing to ask is, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus want me to use the resources that I have? How would he want me to use my time, my talents, my treasures? In 1 Timothy 
10, it says this, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. People pursue things, run after things to the neglect of their spiritual life. Read about a man that he, he looked at his marriage, his marriage failed and fell apart and he was talking to the pastor and he said I should have realized what was coming if I had looked at our checkbook I would have realized what was happening because all of our spending over this past six months and even over a year he said has been on self on indulgences on just pleasures God is out of the picture Is God in the picture? Is he right there in how we spend, how we live, and what we do? The responsibility of stewardship. We looked at the role of stewardship. The role is to recognize that we're going to give an account to God and to remember everything we have is from God. We have that role to say, all right, everything I have belongs to the Lord, Everything that God has given to me, I will have to give account for in that last day. The responsibility of stewardship. The responsibility. Faithful in our stewardship. In 1 Corinthians 4, 2, it reads, Moreover, it's required in stewards that one be found faithful. What does it mean to be faithful? Well, Jesus realized that possessions can dislodge God from first place in our lives. That possessions can push God out of the center to the circumference if we allow them to. In the scripture, we're told in verse 13, no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one or love the other. He will either be devoted to one or despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, this is from the lips of Jesus. These are from the... These are the words of Jesus. You can't serve God and serve money. You'll be pulled apart. You'll wind up hating one, being devoted to one. You'll wind up neglecting one and giving your life to the other. It's an impossibility for anyone to love God and to love money. You just can't do it. Jesus said, it's impossible Money possessions have a way of pushing God right out of our lives. You can't have a divided heart. It's virtually impossible to serve both God and money. Faithfulness is always a life filled with faith. I want to read to you from Mother Teresa. She says, I always explain to the sisters... It is Christ you tend in the poor. It is his wounds you bathe, his sores you clean, his limbs you bandage. See beyond appearances. Hear the words Jesus pronounced long ago. They are still operative today. What you do to the least of mine, you do to me. When you serve the poor, you serve our Lord Jesus Christ. What would Jesus do? if he had your resources. What would Jesus do 
if he had your life, how would Jesus live and spend your life, your resources, all the things that you have? Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's teaching through the Gospel of Luke. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. you